The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many to serve when the victory is near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win. That's a hell of a name. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Oh, 
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Culture of Change. It's episode 45. I like that number. It's one, of, one of my favorites. Same. I like that number a lot. It's a cool number. So tonight we're talking about predictive programming. The name of the show is, I wonder why they call it programming. Abbas is going to tell us because he's written a series on this and we're going to dig into it. We're going to, uh, yep, swap it, swap it. And you're in the driver's seat for this whole entire show. Um, room, guys, room, do bitches. Good. <laughs> I said vroom vroom, bitches. <laughs> uh, do, do us a favor and hit that thumbs up button, please. It is the number one metric that Rumble looks at to uh, determine, you know, what's what's the best show. You can have a whole bunch of different eyeballs, but you can only have one thumb. Each person gets one thumb. That's how elections should work. But I have two thumbs. Don't. Yeah, but not Sorry. in Rumble you don't. In Rumble, you have one. Well, you have an up thumb like or a down thumb. Like how you just said, thumb. don't. Like you were just straight over. Don't even start <laughs> no, with you me don't. in that call. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have. You don't have two thumbs. I moved my camera angle, and now I feel like I'm very small. Like I feel like I'm like. <laughs> Crush your head. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So please smash the thumb. Uh, you only get to hit one thumb in a Rumble show. You can either hit it up or hit it down. We hope you hit it up. We hope you like it. Uh, we work pretty hard on the content. Not me so much tonight. Mostly Paul because uh, he's in the driver's seat. Um, I'm a little bit punchy. This is, um, I, I don't even know how many hours, uh, but tonight's, this, this is my last show. It's kind of my Friday. I will be off tomorrow and um, I'm going to sleep as much as I can. Very excited about that. I slept like straight trash last night and I laid down around, I think one o'clock to like be comfy. And then my cat crawled up with me. And the next thing I knew it was like four 30 and I was, I'm still like trying to wake up. It's not, it's not easy waking up today. Like it's just not, I just want to sleep. <laughs> but that said, um, yeah, let's hit our, program um, to talk about. let's hit our first sponsor. Uh, and that is easy RX. We will be right back. Hello, Badlanders. We constantly talk about health and different ways to help, and we get many questions about ivermectin and where to get it. That's why we've partnered with EZRX. They have a huge selection of meds at badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX, or you can click in the description box below and use the promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your order of $150 or more. EZRX not only has a huge selection, but also quality assurance, big savings, and fast shipping. If you're looking for ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or fenbenazole, then head that way today. Don't forget about fenbenazole, friends. They've tested fenbenazole on worms or parasites that can live inside of us without obvious signs and can lead to complications from bowel obstruction to loss of appetite, loss of weight, anemia, lung infection, and liver congestion. Fenbenazole also seems to have different qualities in that some people have stated it helped them in certain areas with cancer as well. Here's a clip to remind us of what has happened when people take fenbenazole. I've done my own research that once you have wide metastasis, small cell lung cancer, you're literally a goner. The zero percent chance of survival at three to six months of life expectancy, and I was basically told to go home and get my affairs in order and think about hospice. And the next day, I got a call from a large animal veterinarian in western Oklahoma, who's a college friend, 
and family friend. And he told me this crazy story about a scientist at Merck on the veterinary side who has been doing cancer research on mice, and she had hundreds of mice that she had implanted cancers in all their body parts, brain, stomach, liver, pancreas, etc. And her mouse population came down with intestinal parasites. And so she had no choice but to save her research. She gave her all of her mice fenbendazole. If you went out to any zoo in the world, they bring in fenbendazole truckload, front-end loader, head-high piles in bays because they give that drug to every single animal in the animal kingdom. And one of the oldest and safest drugs around, right? Yeah, it's been around for 40 years. To get your ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, fenbenazole, and more today, head on over to badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX, that's E-A-S-Y-R-X, and use the promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your order of $150 or more. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX, promo code BADLANDS. Welcome back, lady. Huh? Still... Still waiting. Okay. I think I'm better. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. I, can I, hear you. I bumped something and, you know, how it goes. Get it together, Ash. You got literally one job to do today. Like, sit there, look pretty, smile, and comment. Like, it's not incredibly hard today. Okay. And you're just over there messing it all up. At least you haven't spilled a Red Bull today, though. That's awesome. I know. I know I made it through, uh, I made it through the Colorado show with, um, with, with without spilling a drink. So, you know, the, the second show was better than the first one. It's a little rough though. The, uh, the war on children documentary that Kate and I talked about on raising a nation last week that dropped, um, I think this weekend I saw it today and there's, you know, Colorado of course features prominently in it because Colorado is the test kitchen for communism in the nation. So we talked about that and um, talked about the bill. I mean, there's there's a plethora of bills in the Colorado legislature right now that are targeting children. Yeah, they're not even really. They're not even covert. hiding it anymore. Yeah, they're not even covert about their war on children. It's seriously, it's seriously time for for parents to rise up. Like, and to be fair, we've we've seen plenty like just going off the rails at school board meetings in the best possible ways. Like, so. Um, I don't know, man. I, I prescribe the theory that they've they keep poking the bear and they're they're getting into that segment of people that just wanted to be left alone to live their life. And those are the people that as they're waking up, the more and more of them wake up, the worse it's gonna get for the deep state. Like the person that just wanted to be left alone, when they activate, like they're not gonna be easy to stop. They're not gonna stop until they're at a point of being left alone again, basically. So and that's, well, yeah, and, and the that's war on the children. Thing is, we can't allow we can't we can't there is no going back to, you know, oh, just leave the government alone. It's not going to encroach again, right? Because here in Colorado, we're talking about legislation to, I mean, if they go as far as they want to go, they will enshrine into law the ability it, for it to be legal for adults other than parents to keep secret, secrets from parents as a matter of law. The child has rights that the teacher understands better than the child's parents. Yeah, and, and that like the whole idea of safe adults and, and stranger danger and all that kind of stuff. Well, you're a bigot. Now you teach your kids about stranger danger. You don't allow us to rape your children. You're a bigot. I fucking hate. There are people. certain amendments that cover these sorts of situations that I'm just not going to speak further on on this show, but I think the, 
you know, it's, it's there. Yeah. Anyway, predictive programming. So part of this whole war on children, as as it would happen, is, has been waged through predictive programming. And um, predictive programming, I get asked about this a lot. And it's um, it's definitely real, at least to my opinion, it is. Like if you study these folks and their occult nonsense long enough, you realize that they do indeed believe in powers higher than them and they worship these powers and they will do things to gain permission permission from these powers to do what they have to do in order for them to do what they do um you could either call it universal law god's law whatever it is in order for them to do what they do they have to tell us what they're going to do um however they're not just going to take a news conference and stand up at a podium and be like all right guys hey we're about to foist a bullshit virus on everybody for the next two years and make right. you all wear masks and take a poison in your arm they're not going to do that they're going to do it through subtle means entertainment they love to do it through movies and tv because then it can just be oh that was just a movie what are you talking about so easy to pass yeah. off and um predictive programming and karma clearing has been a very large part to the change in our culture that we've seen because it, it subconsciously conditions people to accept things when they happen without putting up a fight um, and so I, I wrote a couple articles about it a little over a year ago, and we're going to go over those tonight because I'm working on a third one, and I'm kind of setting that one up with these two. But um, it's just super interesting. It ties into the theme of the show. I've been asked a lot about it over the last few weeks specifically because I've kind of like gotten sick and tired of, yes, Bianca, I'm 100% a bigot in that me case. Me too. Um, Hashtag me too. But, I, you know, I kind of went on a little mini rip last week about like, no, the Simpsons don't predict shit. It's predictive programming, and they're like one of the cabal's biggest karma clearing tools of the last 30 plus years. And so um, me and Ash were having that conversation on the phone. It, it, the idea hit her in the head. She's like, why, why don't you go over your predictive programming stuff on the show? Because it literally fits a culture. It's yeah. like one of the main ways they forced culture into change. So I'm going to read through these articles. And I promise folks, neither one of them is nearly as long as that Black Swan article I read on Isaac Storm that night. But folks seem to like that. So um, I looked, there is only one video through these two articles it's at the end of the second one. So we'll just end the show with that one. A whole lot of images, though. So at Ash, um, at any time I'm going through this, you know, you see any any relevant questions from the chat or you have any questions yourself, please interrupt me and stop me. And yeah, before you start, I I want to ask, and you don't have to answer it now. If, if it comes through in the content and it's clear, you know, after you get through the content, then, you know, just we'll stick a pin in it until then. But um, karma clearing and predictive programming as it ties to and um, what it means in the in the construct construct of consent. It's such a good question. Um, I touch upon it briefly in the article, but I can, I'll, I'll answer some. And now in the realms of consent, like so say, you know what? I will answer it when I get to a certain example in the article because it'll be easier yeah. to explain with the article. We basically by watching and taking in the predictive programming without saying anything about it, being passive about what we're seeing and just passing it off as, oh, that was a movie. You're giving consent by not calling them out on their bullshit. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead I think that's so and I'd love for you guys in the chat to tell us what you think as well in terms of as we go through predictive programming and, and karma clearing and the, this this concept. How does that tie to consent? And what I mean, you know, Nuremberg Code consent is really important if we're talking even if we're talking about social experiments or medical experiments. Consent is important. Uh, Darth Cajun gave us a $20 rumble rant. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Awesome to catch a live LFG, LFG indeed. We're going to get I into all of it. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for the rant. 
Darth is amazing. He and I in uh, Dot Connecting Non's chat this morning, some dude popped in there saying that Q and Trump were actually Quetzalcoatl, and me and Darth Cajun had to get all over him, and the dude was like, I don't understand why you guys are upset. And I was like, I don't know, maybe because you're comparing Trump and Q to a feathered serpent that was into human sacrifice for the Aztecs. I don't know. Um, it was it was actually kind of funny because me and Darth were just slapping this dude about the head and then like the fed he was, he just magically disappeared into the ether and never replied again. Um, Did but you it, see I, that yesterday I uh, had an AI bot that I was arguing with? I did. I did. And finally that got made, it to the point where it was like, as an AI language model, I don't have the ability to offer it. an opinion. You just chastised me for calling Ukraine support into question and now you don't that, have any opinions? Okay. That AI program literally just went C3PO on you and was like, I'm sorry, I am not programmed to answer that question. Yeah, like, and Chris Chris, uh, Chris Paul said, he's like, oh my God, that's awesome. They should have a built-in self-destruct where if you catch them, they have to like, you know, self-destruct. That would be a great way to gamify uh, our, our, oh, you know, so much uh, opposition to AI, right? You find one, it has to blow up. You can get points. You, we can, you know, you yes. can get points cash in. Yeah. I think there's, I think, I think Chris has a real something idea. Here. I think that, that, that idea has legs. <laughs> my God. It does have legs. It's got lots of legs. All right, my friends. Um, I scrolled down a little bit in the first article because the preface was like me returning to writing after a couple years of doing so. And I, I just and as too. always, the links are available in the show notes. So the links directly to Paul's articles that he's going um, through tonight are included in the show notes, which are up now. Indeed. Well, start off by saying you all may notice, I'm sure you've noticed, Ash, that I quote a lot of movies or reference them. This is because I watch a lot of movies for this very reason. Movies and television are more like research to me than anything else. Even if it is fiction, they almost always contain messages, communications, and programming that the conscious mind will almost always miss. But this is fine because when it comes to karma clearing and predictive programming, those doing the programming don't need your conscious mind to understand. All that is required is that the subconscious has accepted the information. So without any further delay, I'm going to go ahead and get back to what it is I really love, and that is dropping red pills in the form of writing. One of my favorite and most successful threads on Twitter was my thread on karma clearing and predictive programming. I do believe that would be a fantastic place to start, as it is important to understand that not only do they tell us what they're going to do beforehand, but that entertainment has been used to program us for decades, hence the name programming. So what is predictive pro programming karma clearing? Karma clearing is the process of divulging your intentions to the unaware in order to receive the blessings or energy from the dark entity you wish to please through way of lies, deception, and darkness. One of their favorite ways to do this is through television and movies, as it can always be passed off as fiction. You know, oh, you're crazy. That was only a movie. Alan Watt described it as predictive programming is a subtle form of psychological conditioning provided by the media to acquaint the public with planned societal changes to be implemented by our leaders. If and when these changes are put through, the public will already be familiarized with them and will accept them as natural progressions, thus lessening possible public, <clears throat> thus lessening possible public resistance and commotion. And I'll stop there real quick because uh, COVID is actually a perfect one with that, and it kind of ties in to part of my answer for the consent question you asked, Ash, and that is, so in a minute, I'm going to get into some obvious examples that were pointing toward COVID in the years leading up to it. And even though at the time we watched it and weren't putting two and two together, um, there were certainly some of us when COVID first started that went, huh, those opening ceremonies at the 2012 Olympics look really weird now. And then there were some of us who recalled that and literally said nothing about it. That in itself is a form of consent. So if you're making those connections going, wow, that's so weird that this TV show or event predicted that. That is just so crazy. You're given consent. 
And it's it's not anybody's fault. It's not like we're consciously doing this. It's just it is literally years of programming. I don't care how smart or awake you are as an Anon. To a certain degree, you were programmed by the outside world with what you watched, what you listened to, even in music. And it's hard to break. But once you start seeing through it and you see what these people are doing, that's the trick to not giving them consent. Like that's that's why I say, yeah, I still watch movies because I don't take their message on anymore. And it totally takes their power away from it. At that point, they've literally become paid monkeys to entertain me while I'm writing like as background noise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it also has fully changed the movie experience. Right. So like when Oppenheimer came out, oh, my God, new Christopher Nolan movie uh, several years ago, that would have been. For me, you know, just the fact of going to see a Christopher Nolan, that, that's, you know, that would that would have been a fun, you know, night out kind of thing to do. Instead, I spent the weeks leading up to seeing it and then the weeks after breaking every aspect of it down in terms of its programming effects and the AI narrative parallels to the nuclear imagery that they're trying to build and all that kind of stuff. So it has just it's a little bit more fun. In that respect, but I wanted to mention in your, in, can you pull your um, article back up? So in talking about the, the, um, um, acquaint the public with planned societal changes to be implemented by our leaders that, um, they get into that in the war on children documentary and in, in the concept of the mere exposure effect. Um, and I was talking about on my show earlier on the Colorado show, how in mass communication, which is what my degree is in journalism and mass communication. Um, one of the you know principles we learned about this is in the nineties, but you know, holds uh, the rule of seven, which is, you know, you have to repeat. And this is, I was learning this before, you know, everything was online before social. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, Fanny, take a load off. Uh, and um, you know, before we had social media, before we had mainstream internet, before we had supercomputers in our hands, uh, there was the rule of seven concept of, of mass communication, meaning if you want a message to stick, you want, uh, you know, to get something embedded in people's brains where they're going to be able to recall it, you have to tell them at least seven times. It has to be, they have to be exposed to it at least seven times. Now I would argue that it's significantly more times in today's day and age, because today's day and age, there's, we have the supercomputers in our hand. We have mainstream internet. Everything is online. Social media is bombarding. There's so much more noise than there was right. in the past. Right. There's so many right. more messages coming at us than there were in the past. So people are going to have to be exposed to things more and more and more. And that's where I think the predictive programming through, um, me, you know, media like movies and television shows, uh, radio, you know, social influencers, all that kind of stuff. When you see them all pushing the same type of message and I'm going to go to the gender thing because I'm, you know, most familiar with it. I watched that movie this morning. I just did a show on it. The predictive programming around normalizing the mere exposure effect they talk about is normalizing, um, concepts. And in this case, normalizing concepts to kids, because these are being delivered through channels targeted at children, normalizing the concept of, you know, gender nonconformity of pride month and all of the concepts of pride of gender um you know the 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 um inclusivity of uh of alternate identifying peoples so i'm talking to my son after i watched this movie my my middle one so he's a junior in high school i'm talking to him and i'm asking him like you know, you're, he's, he's not really on, uh, he's not on TikTok and he, you know, really just uses Instagram. So I'm talking to him about like, what's your feed look like, right? Let's look at your feed. Let's talk about your feed. And I'm like, what? A, so, you know, do you see, um, pornography? He's like, no, I, I, I haven't seen porn. Now 
what his level of deciphering what pornography counts as in the age of, you know, kids in pornographic books in kids' schools. That's a topic for another day. Then I asked about what about, what about, you know, like trans stuff. And he's like, well, that's just normal. (laughs) And it, and that, like, it just struck me because that was exactly what they were talking about in, in the film about how the, the purpose is to make, you know, make it, uh, so normal that you don't really even notice it anymore. It's just a part of how things are. So then pushing back on it is going to be significantly different, di- more difficult than pushing back on it when it's a new concept, right? right? Now it's normalized, it's regular, it's a part. And I think that's a lot of what's happening here with what you're talking about with critical programming. I, th- I You're absolutely right. And, that, and, you know, it's kind of, um, we've kind of been doing the same thing in reverse, you know, using the Socratic method and planting seeds in people to, it's the same thing. You plant a subconscious seed and it may be the next week, the next month, or even a year down the line, that person's like, Holy shit, maybe Trump's not the devil. Like that's, that's kind of the way it works. And that's, that's what's encouraging for me is we've kind of been doing the same thing back then. And I think in my next article, I'm going to bring up some white hat examples of predictive programming too, because I don't want folks to think that this is all a black hat show at the predictive programming. No, no, no. I think at some point, White, hat, white hats have started firing back and <clears throat> have a well, point because, I'll bring up. Just sorry, before you go on, because it's a battle of the mind for the soul. Right. It is the battlefield is in the mind. And so if our enemy is fighting the majority of this battle in the mind, fifth generation warfare, hitting from all of these messages, all the different places, making people not understand what reality is, right? Hashtag reality collapse. Um, now AI and all of that stuff coming in to even further destabilize us and make us question the nature of our reality. If that is where the battlefield is, then the white hats would have to be there too, unless we're just going to straight up lose. Right. Which I don't, which I don't believe is going to happen. Maybe I'm woefully naive, but I don't believe that. Anyway, um, carrying on friends, what's important here is that in order for them to facilitate the demented plans they've been carrying out on society for eons, they need to tell us what they are going to do. They need to clear their karma or energy so that what they are doing is already known, whether it be conscious or subconscious, isn't relevant. All that matters is that in some form, they tell us what they are going to do. And I promise you'll bring up any major happening for the past 50 years, and I'll show you an example of karma clearing for it. To add on, and this statement may be the most vital in this entire article, However, it does not matter if you believe in this stuff. What matters is that they believe it. I'll say that one more time, friends, because it goes right down to their dark occult beliefs and the pedophilia and the sacrifice and all that stuff. Does not matter if you believe in that stuff. They do. So it would behoove you to learn about it because that's what they're operating under. I'm going to drop an example right out of the gate. As an aside, do you think it's a coincidence that two of this show's most popular characters are named Rachel, Ray, and Chandler? Go ahead. Try to do a Google search for the Epstein, Ray, Chandler and see what you find. This will probably be another article in the future. And the first the first graphic that I show is from the popular TV show Friends. And you look where the logo is aligned, the Friends logo. And end just so happens to be over the World Trade Towers right at about the point each one of them got hit, too. How many of you guys think that was a coincidence? Seriously. When did Friends <laughs> come out? Uh, the mid-90s. I don't know the exact year. I want to say 94 or 95. And what was um, Rachel Chandler's time period of being active with Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein? Late 90s into the early 2000s. Same time frame. Yep. Imagine that. Total coincidence, I am sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Friends was arguably the most popular sitcom of the 1990s, even though I'm a Seinfeld guy myself. And if you think this was an accident, I doubt you will by the end of this thread. Quote, symbolism will be their downfall, unquote. 
But wait, does this mean that ABS is implying that the actors and actresses were in on it? Nope, not at all. When it comes to how this stuff works, it's very compartmentalized. And when it comes to sneaking this kind of stuff into a film or a TV show, it usually happens after screenings and an editing at the behest of a higher up who has a better idea. Since I began with 9-11, I'm going to stick to it for a bit and show you how the above shown image was not even close to the only foreboding we received of the incoming attack aimed at the World Trade Center on that fateful day. The following was a German Super Mario Brothers comic from 1997. Oh, my. That's got to be a coincidence, right? In this Simpsons episode, Homer versus New York, we see more 9-11 predictive programming. I'll be covering the Simpsons in this thread, too. Never you fear. And here we got Bart, 9-11. The Tower's making the 11, $9. Also, damn, $9 bus fare to New York? Good grief. <clears throat> here we have an article from Viceland Magazine in 1994. Viceland eventually became Vice, which we all know is one of our biggest thorns in our side. And here we have uh, what appears to be a Muslim Beavis and Butthead flying around the World Trade Towers with bombs in their hands. Kind of, kind of crazy. And again, that well, one was from. What's 19... that? Yeah, sorry. What's what's that one from? Uh, Viceland Magazine in 1994. So 1994, September 22nd is the first episode of Friends, which also wow. shows the word "end" in front of the World Trade Center. Wow! Imagine that, right? The f the next one is a book cover from 1983. Oh. They even got people falling out of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> this piece is from the animated X-Men series, which ran in the early 1990s. Again, the towers are hit in almost the same exact positions the planes hit them. The next one is a Pakistani Airlines ad from 1979. Again, look at the position of the plane on the buildings in relation to where they were hit. Wow. Like... At what point is this not a coincidence, right, Ash? Like, it's, I, I'm firmly of the belief, by the way, those buildings were built with the express purpose of being taken down one day for a sacrifice and a mass occult ritual. Like, I believe that was their you whole do? purpose of being built in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So, wait, um, if that was true, hang on a second. So, let me push back on that. If that's true, then why did they have to be wired? Good question. And I would like to know that. But... I, you know, I just don't know, man, because you, it, there's a couple more coming up. But when you're programming something this far out ahead of time, either they were built for that purpose or at some point after they became a thing, somebody was like, oh, those would be the perfect monoliths to take down for this occult ritual. So it's I, I don't know, man, but I, I'm finding it harder after putting this one together and digging. You know, we all know what happened to 9-11 now, but it's like. Whew, I don't know, man. There there was a lot of planning and pre-programming that went into that one. This is from a Marvel comic book in 1976. And the thing says, holy jumping catfish, it can't be. And on the right, it says, the twin towers of the World Trade Center downtown, they're doing a fade out right before my eyes, and they disappear in the comic. So that's 1976. Oh, that's like a blue beam thing. We were just talking right? about that before the show. Even the damn cookie monster got in on the action with a crescent moon at that. The significance here being that a crescent moon is heavily used in Muslim culture or Muslim, the Muslim belief, rather. Oh, man. Cookie monster just eating the World Trade Center and shit. You know, totally normal. And last but not least, this sampling of 9-11 predicted programming comes from Back to the Future. Notice how the sign goes from Twin Pines, Twin Towers, to Lone Pine, One World Trade. Take note as well that when mirrored, think mirror, the time flips from 116 to 9-11. Hmm. Look, I'm willing to believe what? that not all of Wait, these go exact... back, go back. Wow. 
Yeah, there's there's more from those movies as well that I found out after writing this article that's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, and look, I'm willing to believe that not all of these examples are predictive programming. However, at the same time, I can't pass all this off as, quote, tinfoil hat land either, unquote. Make of it what you choose, of course. I'm only here to illuminate knowledge you may be unaware of. What you choose to do with said knowledge is ultimately up to you. Next, I want to focus on COVID and show you how for years leading up to the pandemic, we were being conditioned to accept it. Captain America was filmed in 2011, yet what do we see over his shoulders? Over his right, a corona bottle. Over his left, a virus. Coronavirus. Wow. Right? It's just a coincidence, Abs. Totally. Also in 2011, we have Contagion. Does any of this happen to sound familiar? It's literally a line from the movie. Right now, our best defense has been social distancing. Huh. Oh, look, what Dr. Year, Sanjay what? Gupta, who was on CNN saying the same shit when COVID happened. What year was that, Contagion? That was in the 90s. 2011. Right? Oh. 2011. Oh. Well, oh, I'm thinking of Outbreak. Yeah, that's what yep. I was thinking of was Outbreak. Uh, no handshake. He goes on to say, no handshaking, staying home, and washing your hands frequently. Hmm. In the 2012 London Summer Olympics, we got even more COVID-related programming. Here we see a bunch of sick children in hospital beds with the Grim Reaper over top of them, and they've even got their little pyramids all in the background, if you notice. Uh, and I even said that there. They even made sure to sneak pyramids in behind the Grim Reaper and hospital beds. I apologize, but I just can't see this as a coincidence. You want more COVID predictive programming? Okay. I told you I'd be wait, 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 wait. Go back to the Olympics because I want to ask you a question about it. So that's the 2012 Olympics. Yep. Right. And we know that there was a 16-year plan, and we know that President Trump was not supposed to lose, right? She was supposed to win. So from a timing standpoint, this would have, you know, theory in place. They planned COVID, deployed it on the people, et cetera. But do we think that they were planning on doing it much sooner? Like this, was this supposed to be yeah. like, yeah, like, like uh, Hillary, you know, with, within the first couple of years of Hillary's first term. Absolutely. I think had Hillary been elected or had Hillary won that election, we would have faced a real virus that wouldn't have been a blown up, a weaponized flu in effect. It would have been something real, like a hemorrhagic fever that really would have wiped out a good portion of, the world's population and then we would have seen a vaccine come along that legitimately would have killed everybody that took it and everybody would have been mandated to get it and the only people that would have gotten placebos would have been ones that they chose were good enough to live like it would have been a nightmare scenario i don't <clears throat> when people get all over trump about covid and the vaccine they don't understand what was averted by trump with the stuff he did they don't understand that Right. That with Operation Warp Speed, it's literally the hunt for Red October and turning the sub into the torpedo. He accelerated their plans so much that it put him on Front Street as the president. He was never going to be able to come out and say the vaccines are crooked. Don't take them. They would have impeached him the next day for being derelict in his duty of providing the American people with a solution to get past the pandemic. A vaccine had to be offered. And if you guys remember, the first thing he did was talk about ivermectin, talk about hydroxychloroquine, talk about vitamin C and zinc. He did this for months before he mentioned yeah. a vaccine, dude. He was telling people, look, the choice is yours to make. And it's um, it's a shitty situation, but I assure you, had she won, oh, man, it, we certainly be wouldn't be doing down. this show. Yeah, we wouldn't be We'd doing this show. We'd still be locked we're... down. Abs and I would be in a gulag, first of all. Yeah, 100. We would 100% be in a gulag. And um, we wouldn't be doing this show. Badlands wouldn't exist. And the population would be way less. And um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about that. that pre the, the Operation Warp Speed thing to me was President Trump telling the pharmaceutical 
industry coordinating council and all of the subsector coordinating councils within it, hey, I'm going to remove any barriers that you have to solving this problem, which allowed those experts and scientists and industry members to then put forward their solutions for the American people, right? And for the world, really. Operation Warp Speed allowed them to, um, you know, it accelerated their plan and it put them on a timetable where they couldn't blame bureaucracy. They couldn't blame, you know, we have the Democrat Republican throwing up barriers to each other all the time is the reason that nothing ever gets done. And Operation Warp Speed took that out of their quiver. It, it right. said, hey, we're not going to put we're going to make sure you tell you have a barrier. You have a barrier with with ventilators, with um, PPE equipment, with all of it, whatever your barriers are, you tell me and I will make sure that the bureaucratic roadblocks get out of the way for you, meaning they couldn't blame them. And so everything that they put forward, the experts the sector coordinating council that is responsible for making sure that only the really super serious scientists and all of the industry members and subsector members that they're all in charge, you know, and, and, and the ones providing the appropriate solution to society, they had the ability to come out with whatever their answer was. And it turns out that uh, MRNA vaccines were the answer for pretty much the entire establishment. Yeah, absolutely. And you nailed that because you removed all the red tape so they could supposedly do what the experts are supposed to do and keep us safe and healthy. And they did not do that. That's not on President Trump. He couldn't just, you guys have to understand, had he went in and said, okay, well, I'm going to arrest Dr. Fauci and put him on trial now. Okay, well, President Trump's the dictator. Let's get the UN in there to get him out. Like he played it about as well as he could have. Like, I I don't know what else to say to people on that one, man. Um, Carrying on. Told you all I'd be revisiting The Simpsons. This won't be the last time. Matt Groening is supposedly a 33rd degree Mason, and that's all I've got to say about that for the moment. You see in this episode of The Simpsons, you see some Chinese folks coughing into a box, and then Homer opens the box, and Homer gets sick, and the episode ends with a pandemic from China and Springfield. Sure, that's what year was that? I don't know the year of that episode off the top of my head, but I do know it was in the 90s. It was in, I want to say, around the mid 90s. It was, I think, season eight or nine. I'll have to go back and look. Um, Family Guy even got in on the act. Hey, how many of you were aware that due to a stroke of luck, Seth MacFarlane just missed being on one of the planes that slammed into the Twin Towers? Um, And I provided some sauce here, which we'll take a look at real quick, just so folks know I'm not bullshitting. Uh, Seth MacFarlane missed a doomed 9-11 flight. Seth MacFarlane narrowly avoided death when he missed flight 11 on September 11, 2001. Today, we take a closer look at his brush with death. So he he overslept, as as luck would have it, or at least that was a story given or some such shit. Um, He just so happened to miss being on the plane on 9-11. And then after 9-11, his canceled show miraculously makes it back to the mainstream and gets back on TV. of 9-11. Right. And he and he, of course, one of the cult hero favorites on that show that I've come to not be able to stand is Herbert the pervert. who was an open pedophile on the show. Um, so Family Guy even got in the act, on the act. Looky here. We got uh, Peter clearly sick. We got the Griffins quarantined. We got Stewie over there with a mask on. Um, and then one of the creepiest shows I've ever freaking watched. A Handmaid's Tale also went all in on the programming. No surprise, seeing as how this particular season was filmed and edited in the fall of 2019. Not to be outdone, in this same time frame, Netflix added Contagion, Outbreak, and Pandemic to their streaming lineup for the winter of 2019. The show itself basically contains far more than just COVID programming. It is basically a show about society being forced into complete totalitarianism. It's a fucked up show and one of the few that honestly gives me the creeps. 
Yeah, the, 20- the the book was um so here's the thing about the Handmaid's Tale. It's actually a very conservative show. The values in the show are are values that are conserving what is enshrined in the constitution. But the commies totally have appropriated this and I know that the writer who wrote this book is a commie. She doesn't understand that the principles that she's railing against are actually conservative principles. The um and you can see this in Colorado. Right. In Colorado, the the feminist cult has gotten its hands on every level lever of power and the the they've basically created rainbow handmaid's tale. And uh you know, that's it's it's kind of crazy, but yeah, the um there's there's nobody that I see on the right that is seeking to dictate people's life choices down to the level of this show i see the left wanting to um in the name of climate restrict people's reproductive rights not so much as they can kill children but that they can have them right right? they they want to cap people's ability to have children kill as many as you want right right? right. of course yeah and and most of us are aware in 2015 bill gates was warning threatening about a new virus we wouldn't be ready for Please note that Fauci was on the board of the Gates Foundation. Uh, dropped a link here where we've all seen that video by now of Bill Gates laying out the COVID pandemic before it happened. Moving on from COVID, I want to take a look at some more of the coincidences we have seen as it pertains to predictive programming. In 2016, Comedy Central aired a cartoon in which Kobe Bryant was involved in a helicopter crash. Huh. Kobe was more than likely a part of their team. I've actually, I, I'm going to expand on that in a second. His workout regimen was named the 666 workout and his nickname was the Black Mamba. In the following video from YouTube, the significance of Kobe's brand symbolism is fairly well laid out. Um, and that video is a little bit too long to play on tonight's episode, but it laid out the symbolism of his show. And since I've kind of come to question, like, was Kobe a little bit not okay and was about to start saying some shit and they had to get rid of Kobe because Kobe is a, was a super powerful and well-spoken voice. Um, I just don't know where I lie on him, but the symbolism surrounding him and a lot of his stuff kind of kind of turned me off a little bit, man. But it's it's interesting that what four years before his death, there's there's a cartoon that airs with him in a helicopter crash. Like, come on, man. Um, the symbolism of Monsters Inc. is pretty in your face as well. In it, the monsters literally scare children to harness their energy, adrenochrome anyone. We have an all-seeing eye, a one-eyed monster that scares children, and a pretty lewd drawing for a five-year-old. If you look at this picture, look to the left. When Sully first pops in that little girl's room, like, where, where's Roger? and Or Uncle Roger and Mommy. Like, uh, Uncle Roger and Mommy just, because that should be in a kid's, kid's cartoon. Did you know around the one hour and 14 minute mark in every Pixar movie, there will appear a pizza planet truck for the unawares pizza is code for child to the pedos. Literally every Pixar movie, this pizza planet truck will show up around one hour and 14 minutes. Mickey is, is there, wicked. Hang on. Is there, um, is there relevance to one fourteen? Not that I'm aware of off the top of my head. No. I do not know of any relevance to 114. It's just where they've, to, I'm sure to them, there's probably some relevance to it. 114 in itself. The numbers add up, up to six. Six. Yeah, I was just about to say it adds up to six. So there you go. Like that could very well be the 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 connection there. Um, either way, it should, literally shows up in every single Pixar movie. Um, some of you have probably seen this one before. Mickey is wicked. What you see, what you don't see. Yeah. <laughs> 
Seriously, Disney loves putting this symbolism in your face. Want to see two hours of Illuminati occult programming? Go watch Fantasia. It is downright scary how symbolic that movie is. I'm going to look at just a couple examples from Fantasia and we'll provide a link for Sauce. This movie is, without a doubt, predictive programming for MKUltra. The hat isn't the point of this photo. The skull is. The skull is a symbol often used by the occult. Skull and bones, anybody? And of course, you have a crescent moon and stars there as well. In the next photo, we see Mickey summoning lightning. This is symbolic of the electric shocks used on MK Ultra victims. Up next, we see Mickey awakened, surrounded by water, and in a frightened state. Water torture is also often used on MK Ultra victims to force compliance and silence. Now we take a look at the scene in which Mickey splits the brooms into multiple pieces. This is symbolic of the split personalities created with MK Ultra programming. Last but not least, we have Pan. So what's the big deal about putting Pan in a kid's movie? Pan was a sexual god, noted for having sexual relations with many women and animals alike. The statue below is located in Greece and depicts Pan fornicating with a goat because, of course, it's a goat. Rolls eyes. Yeah, Pan before is- you move on from, from that, we were just talking about this in that the loves of the gods um, art in the – I think that was in the Vatican show, if I'm not mistaken – uh one of the yep. one of the bloodline families and there was pan was prominent in that as well yep most definitely and he's um i think he was uh, actually having sex with a goat in that painting no yeah, of course because why not I, I don't know about you i just look at goats and i'm like whoo man there it is no. uh, erotic aspects of pan pan is famous for his sexual prowess and is often depicted with a phallus Diogenes of Sinope, speaking in jest, related a myth of Pan learning masturbation from his father Hermes and teaching the habit to shepherds. There was a legend that Pan seduced the moon goddess Selene, deceiving her with a sheep's fleece. Women who had sexual relations with several men were referred to as Pan girls. This article does a nice job explaining how Pan has become the pedophile god of the NWO, covering Peter Pan as well. Oh, hey, were you aware the creator of Peter Pan was actually a pedophile? And this link right here in the article goes in to talk about how the creator of Peter Pan was actually a pedophile if you'd like to read more about fantasia and all of its creepy symbolism you can do so here and i dropped a link in the article for the fantasia symbolism as well and like ash said at the top of the show the links for both these articles are in the show description and in the uh, notes alice in wonderland covers it all as well checkerboards a white rabbit and devil horns again this was in disney's early days and they were throwing it at us even then here's your checkerboard floor and below we have the mad hatter and walrus flashing the devil horns Obligatory white rabbit is seen here. Adrenochrome reference. Yeah, American Patriot 0912 says uh one actually I can pull this up. 114 is 411 mirrored and is the missing children thing I'm above. I know 411 is it 411 information? 411 is information here, yeah. But it may be different in other countries yeah, or other areas. American as well. Patriot 0912, tell us more about what you mean by the f- missing children thing I'm above. Moving along, Harry uh, Harry Potter is not shy about its symbolism and messaging either. Let's see if this will pull up for you folks to see. Yeah, I can see it. There's no All sound. Right. Is there supposed to be sound? It's fine. You don't need to sound. So I'll play it again after I read one more time for you guys. Watch the footprints in the bottom right-hand corner of that video. Well, not that one. George Theof something. 
Yeah, no, I went full-blown dyslexic in the article. I'm sorry, it's the bottom left-hand corner. You're oh. going to see two sets of footprints that are clearly doing something. Now you have to play it again. Oh, is like it right me or on top some... of each other? <laughs> is it me or was somebody banging in that bottom left-hand corner? Yeah, um, sure looked like it. In the below images, I highlight a few different times the word sex was plainly spelled out in these movies. So up top, you see the actual scene, then down low, it's it's darkened where it appears in the movie. So they, they hit it pretty well, but it's there. Um, here's another one, literally in her hair. You can see the E in the, in the left. That's like some pretty tricky Photoshop stuff. Mm. And that's not to mention the plethora of serpents, skulls, pyramids, and all-seeing eyes strewn throughout the series. Oh, yeah. Snakes are a big deal in Harry Potter. The Death Eaters in the series were completely and totally obsessed with cleansing the world of non-wizards. Sound familiar? Moving along, The Wizard of Oz features a heavy dose of drug-addled MKUltra programming as well. In these photos, we see a very distinct drug reference. In the first, Dorothy is asleep in a poppy opium field. In the next, she awakens during a snowstorm slash cocaine. In MK Ultra Monarch Mind Control Programming, the hourglass is used to symbolize the fact that time is running out for the victim and only their handler can stop the clock. Mm. And to no one's surprise, red shoes are quite prevalent in this movie. And we all know what red shoes are about at this point. I'm now going to begin wrapping this up as it has already gotten far longer than I originally intended. Do not fear for this will not be my last article on this topic. Predictive programming is arguably my wheelhouse and I'll be writing many, many more articles on this topic. There is simply too much to cover in one sitting. I could have carried on with more Disney examples, The Matrix, World War Z, and so on. These will be saved for a later time. In closing, I hope I've opened your eyes a little to the symbolism all around us. Truly, the only way to keep it at bay is to wear the armor of God. The fact that we see them now means that their days of control are nearing an end. The more symbolism we recognize, the less power it holds. Do not let this stuff frighten you. Instead, allow it to enlighten you. For, as I said, the fact that so many are aware to it now means it being brought to the surface, means it is being brought to the surface to be dealt with. Trust your faith, trust God, and know that we are winning. And as an added bonus, keep in mind that they are the ones who write this stuff. They can write any ending they want. My point, in 99% of movies and television programs featuring predictive programming, the good guys still win, meaning even they know that God wins. Those who have followed me for a while should recall the video I made set to Muse Psycho. The theme is MK Ultra, and the link below is that's uh, the video we're going to play at the end of the show. And then, of course, I thank all you lovely folks for your support, and I think now would be a good time to stop for a quick little discussion and then hit our second ad break before we get into the second part of the predictive programming stuff. Yeah. Um, I... So it's, it's, it's very interesting, especially like with Disney to see how, how much detail the subliminal messaging is right. When, when we were kids in the eighties and nineties, it was subliminal messaging that we were told about, right. Or that our parents were told about. My mother was very attuned to subliminal messaging and, uh, you know, hidden messaging and media and stuff from a Christian standpoint. Um, I remember her being super hung up on the who the band, the who, um, because of messaging in, uh, in that, but when, um, it's, it's stunning to me in your piece and I haven't seen a lot of the, the, um, references that you used, seen some of them, but I haven't seen all of them to see the level of detail that the subliminal messages are implanted right in the, the visuals of her hair in shadow work and you know if there is something there with the the map you know that 
that shows where people are on campus in Harry Potter and putting something in there. But it's true, right? They, 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 these things are objectively true when you look at when you look at the content and and then it's you know it's once you see it you can't unsee it and how it's um like what so you know we talk like we've you and i have talked about off the air we've talked about like um you know the predictive programming versus um karma clearing uh and like you said at the top simpson the simpsons don't predict shit they're karma clearing looking at the level of detail like what what is that can you say like a little like what what is that i know it's part of their religion they have to brandish the method they have to show but the level of detail that they're putting into what is what is that what's that purpose i think level of detail is so nothing is missed so they don't take a chance of you not catching it in your subconscious they cover every detail to make sure you see it that's my take on it anyway they put as they pack as much symbolism and programming into it as they can to ensure that some part of your mind takes it in, that some part of you sees it and and knows what's going to go down. I think to me, COVID again, not to keep beating the dead horse, but that's the most stark example of it that I've seen where it's like, holy shit, like they were putting it out there almost a decade ahead of time. Um, and there, there were more. Uh, I, I can't. Yeah, there were definitely more examples from the 2020 or 2012 Olympics as well. Um, and man, going back over that article, I, I should really go back and revise that because there's so much more I could add to that now. But um, yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that, um, you know, these people are stupid to a degree, but they're also not stupid to a degree. You know, like attention to detail and trying to program people and control them is something they're really quite skilled at. So uh, to me, it seems like if I'm making a video... In editing a video, I don't really want to leave anything unturned. And there's even stuff I do on my videos, like little Easter eggs or um, background effects and things like that, layering, stuff like that. Like, it would just be so easy to do that. Um, it was, it was, for me, it's easy to do that kind of stuff to videos. I can't imagine how easy it would be to drop certain messages in with the kind of hardware and software they have access to. Like, it just seems it, it seems to me if if you have access to those kind of tools, yeah, why not cover every basis and put all the details into something you can to make sure that somebody's mind, whether subconsciously or or consciously, recognizes what you're putting in there and sees it. Okay, so what I'm gathering is that Missing Four One One is a show about people being abducted uh, unconventionally. So the fact that the pizza truck shows up around 114, that is interesting. I think it's very the fact interesting. That it's consistently showing up at 114 across a number of, of shows, and that ties back to um, you know, the the pizza and children and, and missing. Yeah, I'm missing that's very interesting, American Patriot 0912. That is insanely interesting. Before we it's, um... it's, it's too like that's if that timestamp in the pizza reference you know the pizza truck reference in pixar movies is accurate and that truck shows up around 114 in every then that's very interesting that can't be a coincidence in my view no it, it can't be not at all that's really, really maybe there's just one pedo you know uh what do they call their artists the disney people they have a imaginate imagine imaginarians or something they have like a name for what the i had a, a sister-in-law that 
desperately wanted to work for Disney. She didn't get in. She was awful too, by the way. Um, but uh, maybe it's just one pedo uh, graphic person that's putting the truck in at exactly the same moment, but it's definitely can't. I don't think that can be a coincidence if it's consistently across every Pixar movie. No, I certainly don't think it is. It's clearly Imagineers. Yeah, I mean, Thank you. Imagineers. There you go. And of yeah. course, you know, all, all, all thing like, of course, all the things they could have chosen for that, right? It's it's got to be pizza, right? Like it couldn't be like a taco truck or like a UPS truck. No, no, it had to be a pizza truck. Like, because why not? It's just not a coincidence. Um, before I get to the second part, let's go ahead and hit our last two ads of the show, and then we'll be ad free for the rest of the show. And I'm going to be like super annoying and ask you folks to get on there and smash that like button for us again, because like my lovely friend over there pointed out, it's the number one metric that rumble uses to put shows on the leaderboard and rank us and all that fun stuff. So hang with us friends. We'll be right back in a minute. We're going to hear from a couple sponsors. Then we're going to get on to part two of this predicted programming. We'll be right back. Have you had enough of big pharma and big toxic ingredients, friends ditch the harsh chemicals and embrace nature with us today. For too long, we have been hypnotized by big companies into using their chemical slot products. Their clever marketing campaigns and heavy lobbying allow them to use words like natural to describe products that are anything but. Meet the Vanman Company, where we're all about natural, organic remedies. Hop in the van and try out our famous tallow and honey balm as a daily face and full body moisturizer. Use our miracle tooth powder made from ground eggshell and ground cattle bone to remineralize and naturally whiten your teeth. And try our new coconut magnesium deodorant to help keep you smelling fresh all day. We've got you covered, and we do it all with products sourced naturally from American farms and made in San Diego, California. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash vanman today, that's V-A-N-M-A-N, and get free shipping on all orders over $40. One more time, friends, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash vanman and get free shipping on all orders over $40. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low so get them now before they go our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in you save up to 50 percent and they sell out fast every year so order now they're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on or save up to 80 percent on all our clearance items and this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. You're on mute. How does he always have that much energy? For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Buy topper and use promo code Badlands. I bet you he has the pillows and the topper and the blanket and the sheets and the pajamas. That's probably why he's got so much energy because the guy's sleeping like a king like every he's, night. Because he every single night he gets the best night's sleep in the whole wide world. That's how he has so much energy. Visit MyPillow.com. All right. All right. We're all right. <laughs> Okay, so carrying on with- we're going to get back into our post-apocalyptic and dystopian story. 
I, I would apologize for the fact that both of us are a little goofy today, but I'm not going to apologize for that at all. Um, yeah, in this edition, I'd like to focus. I can't help it. I, you guys, it is, yeah. uh, we're living in an upside down clown world that every single day proves to be even more clownish than the day before. And sometimes yes. you just gotta, yeah, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. You know, Mother Mary said, let it go. Uh, in this edition, I'd like to focus on conditioning surrounding post-apocalyptic and dystopian messaging. How many of you are aware of the Georgia Guidestones? I'm going to go ahead and guess that if you've stumbled upon my Substack, that conspiracies are not that new to you, and as such, you're aware of the Guidestones. For the unaware, here's a very brief synopsis. The Guidestones seemingly popped up out of nowhere in the early 80s in Elbert County, Georgia. They were five granite slabs standing nearly 20 feet high and inscribed with cryptic messages in varying languages. One of these messages was decreeing that the world's population should be below $500 million. <clears throat> the picture says there's a mysterious people. monument. In, 500 million well, people. Yeah, that. sorry. Uh, see, goofy. There is a mysterious monument in Georgia, which gives instructions in eight languages on how to rebuild society after an unknown apocalyptic event, which whilst also functioning as a compass, calendar, and a clock. It's not there anymore. It went bye-bye. Uh, erect it up. It go boom. boom. <laughs> Erected anonymously in March 1980, inscribed in 12 different languages, a hole in the center column always leaving North Star visible, precise horizontal slot indicating sun cycles. Uh, inscribed 10 guides for new age of reason. Number one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Sounds a lot like fucking Satanism to me. I don't know about you. So, um, well, I'm not going to lie. The uh, avoid petty laws and useless officials is uh, I, like that one. I, I can I can get I like on board with. I'm not going to lie. Right. But um, in terms of, you know, the pre predi predictive programming slash karma clearing, this one, when this thing blew up and, so you know, still built bil the jury's out. I like to believe that it was an act of God and he just blew it up. But. It's not an act of God. And it was them blowing up their tell like they painted over the murals in the Denver airport, you know, 10 years before COVID. Oh, shit. Too many people are getting on to us. Get rid of the yeah. evidence. Like, well, yeah, well, that's exactly the thing is that is it so is it standing there for a period of time? It was what, 30 years that this thing stood in place. 1980, I think. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, you know, 2020, 2021, whatever it was, it got blown up. And so is that period of time significant in terms of what was it? 2022. So 22 years, this thing stood and then they blew it up after COVID. So after we knew that they were engaging in a massive depopulation exercise after a lot of people knew not everybody but a lot by 2022 when this thing blew up a lot of people were on to covid right right so does that is it just me or does that kind of feel like holy crap what are what 
what's coming that they had to hide the evidence and this is the evidence of their plan which is a massive depopulation endeavor well another another crazy coincidence with the guidestones is they blew up like two weeks after roe versus wade was overturned oh, so right. like it's um for my head canon i'm gonna go with your god was pissed theory too i don't know or your your god was pissed saying as well i i don't know um Half of me hopes it was our guys that took those shits down and were like, you know what? Time for these satanic structures to go. And the other half of me is with you that like they had to get rid of them because people are too onto them and had to yeah. kind of get rid of them um, so that people couldn't just go in there and investigate them further and really dig into it. It's uh, who knows? I mean, ultimately, I'm glad they're not there anymore. Good riddance. But I am I too. But I also wonder what does it indicate? Right. Like right. It, it was this some kind of message? Was it a white hat to the black hat message? Was it a, right. uh, a message from them to all of their, you know, cells around NWO cells around the country, around the world to activate in some way, according to some plan? I know tinfoil hat, et cetera, et cetera. But it's um, it, it's real interesting that this thing stood for 30. What is that? 32, 42 years, 42 years. Yeah. 42 years. Yep. 42 years. Yeah. And Crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, this one I threw in there for a giggle. The Georgia Guidestones translated, maintain humanity under 500 million translation, kill 6.5 billion people uh, guide reproduction wisely translation, involuntary sterilization and abortion uh, unite humanity with a living new language, eliminate diversity, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason, replace God with Lucifer. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Protect the elite from slave uprisings. <laughs> Let whole nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court, a Luciferian new world order. Ba what do you think that. they mean by slave uprisings? I don't know. Maybe us being the slaves and, and rising up against them and their system of control, I think, would maybe be that. Yeah, they do. So, yeah. Slaves is, slaves is an upgrade, I think, from how they view us, because they view us as livestock. Right, right. Definitely. I tend to agree with you there. So, yeah, kind of creepy, no? I don't know about y'all, but I don't really have the means to pop up 240,000 pounds worth of granite overnight. I'm not sure who erected these. However, I'm quite sure their purpose was nefarious in nature. The good news is someone finally had enough of the Guidestone satanic nonsense and blew them to hell and back over the summer. So that was cool. There's a little picture for your enjoyment. Side note, whatever explosives were used to just absolutely eradicate granite like that, pretty impressive. I, I'm quite sure they have no idea who did it. <clears throat> Rolls eyes. Don't worry, I'm not turning this into a Georgia Guidestones article, although that would be a good one a little further down the road. What I am doing is showing a little sauce that they have wanted depopulation for quite some time now, and Lord knows there are all kinds of TV shows and movies which serve the purpose of conditioning your subconscious into not only accepting an apocalyptic dystopian society, but also accepting it as a natural course of human events and an inevitability, when, in fact, it doesn't need to be. It's just what they want. They have made most people believe that we as a species have no option but to one day drive ourselves off a cliff. That is simply not true. Humanity and society could flourish if not for their centuries-long conditioning, indoctrination, and manipulation of every single soul on this planet. My examples won't be in chronolog chronological order. My purpose here is to create an overall idea, idea of how they have low-key been training us to not only slowly destroy ourselves but to accept it and relish it. The first movie we will touch upon is World War Z. So let's get to it, shall we? All right, hang on. This Before you do that, I just have to correct the record really quickly. They did not paint over them. They moved them into storage. Uh, I dropped a link in the chat the um, the from the Colorado Sun. And it talks about the conspiracy, and, and it shows the murals, but they have been removed, not painted over. 
There was um, it was a year or two ago. There was another one of those creepy, um, not quite as creepy as the Denver airport mural, but there was a, a very creepy satanic occult mural in the Bank of America building here in Charlotte that was also um, either it was taken down and, and put in storage or painted over as well. So kind of weird. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. The optimist in me really wants to think it's white hats being like, yeah, this shit's got to go. Sorry. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to make that argument right now, though, with all the other satanic bullshit we see floating around the world. So we'll just have to see, right? Um, in this scene, we see a ship. It doesn't seem nefarious unless you've seen the movie and realize that this is a ship for the elite to escape and survive the zombie apocalypse. So you'll be safe so long as you have the money and social status to board that ship. In this next scene, we see civilians voluntarily herding themselves into encampments, which are very FEMA campish. Surely there was a globalist somewhere watching this scene with a bottle of lotion and a towel handy, if you catch my drift. <clears throat> Empty grocery store shelves? Well then, this seems a little familiar, no? Far more proof that this movie is merely propaganda. It helps to know that at the end, the United Nations are propped up as the heroes and saviors of mankind. Up next, let's have a look-see at The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games universe is dystopian in its nature. Set in fictional Panama, if you read my first article, you know why the usage of Pan here is relevant. Panama is a North American country consisting of the wealthy capital and 13, they like this number, districts in varying states of poverty. Every year, children from the first 12 districts are selected via lottery to participate in a compulsory televised battle royale deathmatch called The Hunger Games. That basically sums up the series, in which children are pitted against each other until the death, because why not? These people are sick, and making a game out of sacrificing children is right up their alley. As if the premise of the book's movies isn't sick enough, it becomes even more interesting when you are aware of the fact that these elites literally hunt people for fun in forests in the middle of nowhere, almost exactly like The Hunger Games. Not familiar? I suggest having a read on Black Forest, and I drop a link on Black Forest um, in the article. Taking a look at some of the symbolism from this movie reveals a good bit of Nazi propaganda. Then you see the golden bird with the... Um, it looks, it looks super similar to the insignia on the right, and that's Lady Gaga, of course. In this photo of Lady Gaga at President Biden's inauguration, she is wearing a golden bird, which is very similar to the one seen in The Hunger Games. The logo itself seems innocuous enough, until the Hunger Games symbol is nearly identical to the Nazi radio gunner badge. Until you realize it has a striking resemblance to the Nazi radio gunner badge, you didn't think they were subtle about this stuff, now did you? The Monarch Butterfly is often used in conjunction with MKUltra and Monarch Mod Control. Why do I mention this? Because The Hunger Games was not shy about depicting this imagery either. I, I don't really have to explain that photo, right? That's that's pretty pretty on there. For a deeper dive into this movie and its symbolism, have a look at this video. And this video, if I recall correctly, is about 18 to 20 minutes long, and it dives right into The Hunger Games' um, predictive programming and symbolism, as well as the Lady Gaga stuff at the inauguration. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. So hang on a second, because I want to say, um, so Pen M is the mo is the name of the country in um, Hunger Games. Pen M is also Latin for bread, uh, I believe. And it's uh, the, the, the term that's used in the Latin phrase for bread and circuses. And this was, wow. you know, the, the idea of bread and circuses is to, um, you know, distract the people with uh and, and there was a i was just looking at this the other day um so I, I forget where i saw it so i i feel like a an asshole for not being able to cite um where i saw it but they were talking about uh, and they showed pictures of bread and circuses in um the construct of germany where people were actually trading their bread for circus tickets because that's how bad the economy was in the early 1930s and so it's talking about bread and bread and circuses in that way and as soon as i saw that you know it's like penem at whatever the Latin word for circuses is. 
Um, as soon as I thought that, I thought about the Hunger Games because it is that's you know, first of all, all of the districts except for the the capital and the you know the the districts around that support the capital, everybody else in the nation is starving. Um, and uh, the um, you know the, the bread and circuses component, they all tune in to watch this death match, children's death match, until the end. Uh, each you know each year they tune in to watch it which is in itself a form of bread and circuses um pretty sinister one but you know right. in the the name so i think that whole movie is kind of bread and circusy but i do love the end of that movie where the uh the people decide to get rid of the white hats uh the white the white hat authoritarians and then get rid of the black hat authoritarians and I think that that when we get into the layers of how we've been programmed and how we've been manipulated, when um, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, we can get rid of, you know, the overt communism, but the system that comes in to take its place, that's waiting in the wings, that's a, that's waiting for this move of the Overton window to happen. So it's legitimized and normalized. That system's evil, too. And that's what I love about the end of the Hunger Games is because that gets explored in those films. Sorry, spoiler, if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's and that goes back to the point I made at the end of my first article. These people write this stuff and they still can't write endings where they win. You have to ask yourself why that is, because when you do karma clearing, you can't lie. So if you know the outcome is that God wins, you can't sit there and say that he loses. Otherwise, your predictive programming is useless. So you have to ask yourself again, why in almost all of these big movies the good guys always end up winning kind of crazy right yeah um so moving along and there's not a whole lot more written in this article it's a lot of uh images and we're gonna get toward the end of the video i've got for everybody here in a second as well um which if you haven't seen it's one of my favorite videos i've ever made understand that hollywood is a marketing tool for them they have used it for decades to shape mold and control our thoughts beliefs and opinions remember this show the colony it aired in 2009-10, and the entire premise of the show was that it was basically an experiment in which people were left in a colony in the middle of nowhere, sans even the most basic of necessities. They're given enough supplies for a week, and then they are pretty much told, well, good luck. Sure, shows like this, this one. It was entertaining. Sure, shows like this can be fun and entertaining to watch, but what are they really do what they're really doing is conditioning you to accept just such situations in the future. Hollywood has a disturbing history of showing the masses what is coming and then these things happening. My prior article on the COVID-19 examples are prime evidence of this. The majority of society accepted the COVID ruse without so much as a side eye, let alone any questioning of the events they were being spoon fed. And this was due in large part to the mass karma clearing done by Hollywood and entertainment in general in the decade leading up to COVID. In my first article, I shared a quote from Alan Watt, and I'd now like to share another. Hollywood is the magician's wand, holly holy, which has been used to cast a spell on the unsuspecting public. Things or ideas which would otherwise be seen as bizarre, vulgar, undesirable, or impossible are inserted into films in the realm of fantasy. When the viewer watches these films, his or her mind is left open to suggestion and the conditioning process begins. These same movies which are designed to program the average person can give the discerning viewer a better understanding of the workings and the plan of the world agenda. And that is why I watch movies and TV shows. With this quote as context, let's have a look at the myriad of entertainment which has been programming us to accept a dystopian society. Here we have THX 1138. And this was released in 1971, in which mind-altering drugs are utilized to enslave society. You then have Soylent Green, and that came out in 1973, Overpopulation and Elite Control of Society was the basis of that movie, if you've never seen it. 
Up next, we had The Wicker Man, and this came out in 1974. Again, this is a story about elite forming their control and attaining control of society. You go on to Logan's Run, 1976, societal control via computer and AI. You go on to Network in 1976, corporate media control. Uh, many of you may be familiar with the following scene. I won't play it right now in the interest of time, but it's the famous quote where the guy says, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And the whole rant is based on how he's sick and tired of the corporate media being told what they can and can't say. And of course, that dude went and made that video private anyway. So why not? Um, up next is Brainstorm from 1983, a movie about the capability to transmit the human mind through a computer and AI network. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Robocop, 1987, militarization of police as well as cyborg humans, because, you know, why not? They Live is arguably one of my favorite movies of all time, and it might be the most red-pilled movie of all time as well. They Live, 1988, arguably the most red-pilled movie of all time. In this movie, a man comes across a pair of glasses, which, when worn, show him the world as it really is, corrupted and inhabited by mindless zombies. Um, Johnny Mnemonic came about in 1995, data being used as a commodity, which in today's society has become a reality. Think about every time you download an app on your phone and it says it's a free app. It's not a free app. It's because your data is being sold to that app provider so they can make money. Gattaca. Gattaca came out in 1997 with genetic code being used as a commodity. And again, in today's society, especially with the COVID-19 experimental shot, this one has become a reality as well. All the preceding movies in some way, shape, or form have made society falling apart and relying on their overlords for survival, an acceptable scenario, as I touched upon above. So, hang on, before you go on, go I want to add to, to the list, because mm -hmm. the um, very, you know, popular in recent years from both a book and a movie, movie franchises, um, the Divergent series, which had uh, Shailene Woodley, I think her name is. I'm probably butchering that, but uh, she was the one that made, um, she became famous through uh, the secret life of the American teenager, which is where a, you know, girl, a teenage girl gets pregnant and, and has a baby. Um, but she went and did the divergent series. Again, I'm going to spoil this for you guys. So if you haven't seen it and you want to plug your ears, but that ends up going back, just going back to your very first example of the colony that has um, very similar themes in terms of, at the end of that franchise, it is a, uh, you know, kind of prison planet experiment type of situation. Um, the Maze Runner, similar. Yeah. They're in a, yeah. a, you know, experiment type situation. Truman Show. Yeah. Uh, you know, that th there is this, the, you know, when you look at the, if, if we think that this has some sort of hint or nod towards reality, this level of predictive programming, there, then there could be something to the prison planet theory. Right. And, and then you've got that on that. You've got stuff like uh, Terminator, where AI takes over and destroys the world and creates a prison Skynet. planet. You've got uh, you've got Judge Dredd. You've got Demolition Man, movies like this that were coming out yeah. all over the 90s. Again, talking about dystopian societies. Westworld. I West mean, world, like yeah. all of the seasons of Westworld. Right. You start right. with, again, spoilers. So cover your ears if you haven't seen this. And everybody should see Westworld. Yes. Um, but you have the, you know, the, the hosts in, in a prison planet type of situation. And so you have the human rights issue that the audience is morally struggling with about do these AI robot host things have access to human rights, even though they're not human, but they have become sentient. That's a question. But then towards the end of that series, you actually find out that the people have been subjugated um, by, you know, technology and the people are actually in kind of a prison planet um our friend chris paul 
refers to the movie The Village uh, often mm-hmm. and, and referring to villagers, uh, another yep. kind of, ex, you know, experimental prison. It's a good example. Of, so there's a lot of this. <laughs> you yeah, really want to normalize I, that. How many right, years so, um, until we find out that we're all in the middle of an experiment and there's scientists on the outside of this bubble tracking our movements? <laughs> the Simpsons even had an episode with that. Um, anyway, I'm going to rip through we the did have that dome cool. bubble episode. Yep. I remember Where that Lisa when Lisa was kind of like the god of that little society. Capturing the mind, which is easily done with programming whether that be by way of movies, television, shows, music, or any other means of entertainment that they see fit. The most important thing to remember is that the more people who wake up and become aware of this, the less and less power their karma clearing and predictive programming will have. They rely on the fact that showing us these things through fantastical mediums usually means people won't ask questions, because as I said in my first part of this series, it's just a movie. It isn't real. However, the more we wake and the more questions we ask, the more and more it takes away the consent we have subconsciously given by never asking questions or calling this stuff out. An awakened world is their biggest fear. In this video, Alan Watt gives his opinion on how to break brainwashing and programming. And look, folks, that video's gone too. Imagine that. Quote, so see, we spend an awful lot of energy trying to make our lives fit images of what life is and should be, which they could never possibly fit, unquote. That concept applies to predictive programming. The more we see it, the more we accept it, the more we subconsciously fulfill the need and want they have created. The Zen stuff he is discussing won't be for all. However, what he is saying about how your mind can be molded by what we are told we should be or accept is bang on. Despite despite the fact that I don't at all believe in everything Watt spoke of or practiced, his research and thoughts on predictive programming were absolutely spot on, which as a conspiracy theorist truther makes me ask more than a few questions about his death, which was shady under the best of circumstances. Here's what his son had to say about his father's passing. My father died to all of us very unexpectedly, but not to himself, and there were questions raised around his passing as to what had happened, and particularly since there were various characters involved that helped to remove his body. And so there were questions about both had it happened for natural causes or was it not of natural causes? I mean, there were conspiracy theories, every manner of opinion on this going around. And so I set out to try and figure it out. And there was a group of Yamabushi Buddhists, as Jerry, real name Neville Warwick, 1932 through 1993, a physician also known as Dr. Ajari, was the fellow's name who ran it. And they actually showed up and took control of the site and got my father's body and all of this. And there was some question as to how they arrived there so quickly and before anybody else. And they whisked his body off before the county opens its offices. And so there was definitely some questions about Jerry's role. What was Mary Jane's role? There were these kind of things. And so I actually got into figuring it out sort of as a puzzle. And in the course of it, I interviewed a fellow who was part of this Yamabushi sect many years before. He flew in from the America Samoas and we interviewed him. And it turned out he was a completely unreliable person to interview because he would make this shit up, make up that. So at first we thought we had some really valuable information. But as time went on and he was spouting every different theory that we'd ever heard. And so, but David Chadwick had come to hear this. And David Chadwick is the archivist for the San Francisco Zen Center. And Suzuki and my father had been real good friends. And Richard Bakey, Roshi Bakey had, Baker had presided over my father's funeral. So after this video interview, David said to me, I always did think it was funny that your father came and planned his own funeral. And I said, he did what? And he described to me the meeting of Richard Baker and my father six months before he died, where he planned his funeral. And then I realized that this was exactly the same time he changed. 
his will too. So I realized that almost six months to the day before my father died, that he was planning his own passing. And so once I had that piece of the puzzle, I realized that as I looked more carefully that my father had actually been ill for some time and that he was aware of, very aware of his mortality and pending problems. And who knows, he may have actually done something to hasten his death or we don't know, but he was very aware that he was going to pass on and he planned for it. And once I got the full picture, my conclusion was that Ajari had helped him and actually been part of the plan there. So I think it was like many things in his life. It was well thought out, well orchestrated and well executed, Mark Watt. I'm not sure what really happened, but I certainly wouldn't rule out Alan Watt being silenced. That said, his heavy smoking and alcohol abuse may well have been the cause, and his family chose to not reveal that. Whatever the reason is, enough mystery surrounds his death that I believe questions are warranted, especially with as over-the-target as he was in regards to predictive programming and mass mind control over society. It should be at least somewhat clear to you after these first two parts of the series that predictive programming is very real. However, I've never seen more people awake to it and aware of it than I am seeing now. The tide is turning, and we are rejecting their mind control and programming at a far greater pace than ever before. Arm yourself with knowledge. Fight back with truth and intelligence. Light always pierces through the dark, friends. Never forget that. As always, thank you so much for reading and supporting me. Um, blah, blah. Further, thank you. Supportive gratitude stuff. Um, so that's uh, my first really two Really well of, done. Thank you very much. And there's, Are I'm you working, going like to said, expand the series? Yeah, so I'm working on another one right now, and I want to focus it on an aspect of white hat predictive programming to show how they've given us good messages of, as far as good things that may be coming. There's quite a few movies. Um, I talked about it briefly. I won't go into detail now because we're getting low on time, but like Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I do want to mention loaded. a couple things. Um, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Finish your, finish your thought. I was just going to say Top Gun Maverick is loaded with white hat messaging. That's one that I'm going to feature in, in the third article. So oh, nice. hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I can get that done and, and read that on the show as well. Very cool. cool. I look forward to that. Uh, so um, Tone Ranger gave us a $10 rubble rant. Mrs. Tone Ranger at Quilting Queen 17 says that she loves hearing Ash and Ab sing. By the way, that's quite a compliment because she is a voice teacher. That's amazing. Thank you so much uh, for the compliment and for the uh, rumble rant. We appreciate that very much. And um, it's a good, it's a good, easy jingle to sing. Yes. It is. I, I love Tone uh, Ranger and, and Quilting Queen, too. They're two of my favorites, man. So then Mrs. Uh, Absolute 1776 sent through a link to The Man in the High Castle, which is another great, Fantastic great show. show. It explores, you know, kind of what would the world look like had the Nazis lost World War II or had the Nazis won World War II. Whoops, Freudian slip there. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm never here wondering if that was purposely done or not, but if yeah, yeah. Um, so that okay. is a great that is a great show. Also, kind of gets into like, you know, some kind of sci-fi time travel type stuff, which I dig. I I, yeah. I really love um, exploring time travel because I don't trust scientists. Pretty much anything. I think uh, right. a lot of them think that they're gods and uh, they've forgotten the scientific method. But that's a very cool show. And then. Um, uh, Baba Ganush in the chat gave us uh, Luther, the Fallen Son. Have you seen that? I've not seen it, but I've heard about it. I've heard it's a good watch. I have not seen that one. So I'm definitely going to, as she mentioned, Idris Elba is definitely easy on the eyes. And so uh, I will I will be checking that one out. That's Luther, the Fallen Son, apparently explores some of these themes as well. But Man in the High Castle is a great great show in terms of you know exploring some of these concepts i think westworld is another one it's a bummer that yep. it's on hbo and you need to have a subscription to watch it but it's really um the so in the show westworld whenever the people in the park we'll just say the park are um 
exposed to anything that doesn't fit their programmed reality. They all have storylines that they're programmed with in these parks and anything that comes into their world. Like there's a time when um, she's supposed to be in the wild west before color photography and she picks up a picture on the ground and her response, her programmed response is that doesn't look like anything to me. And that's how their programmed response to anything that doesn't comport with the worldview they're programmed with. They give that response. All of these hosts give that response that doesn't look like anything to me. And that is so indicative of the society that we live in. I mean, I remember when I first became aware of child sex trafficking as a you know industry in mass and it damn near put me, I mean, it did put me on the floor and, and I couldn't understand why nobody else was upset about it. Right. Like, you know, at the moment that I came and I think everybody had a similar experience of this when you realize the magnitude of what was going on with the children. And then all of a sudden you get there and you're like, holy shit, this is happening. And then everybody else is like, that doesn't look like anything to me. And it, right. it's, you know, that is a very just isolating and maddening place to be. And then, you know, you find you find your people and you find your tribe and you figure out you know, how you can start to break it apart. But um, that Westworld is a, is a great show for exploring some of these societal themes. Absolutely. I love that show. I need to give it another watch. Um, but yeah, that does us. I, I have a video to see us out on. It's set to Muse's song Psycho, and it's basically about MK Ultra, and it's actually kind of fitting because of all the false flag shootings we've been seeing lately too. So yeah. kind of fits in with that. Um and- Nothing yeah, thank about you. what is coming is coming up next, I think. So everybody stay tuned to that. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. Please hit the thumb. Uh, we're going to continue talking about this topic. Abs, as he mentioned, is uh, working on another part of the series. We'll be back talking um, bloodlines and, and corporate controllers next week. But um, really great, really great job on the series. Uh, fascinating stuff. I learned, I learned tonight stuff in there I didn't know. So uh, you and I appreciate the audience and everybody remember that change happens one conversation at a time. So be brave and speak the truth. Be blessed, friends. Bye-bye. In the wake of World War II, the U.S. government is engaged in a large number of secret medical experiments designed to help win the Cold War, developing techniques for mind control to create a so-called Manchurian candidate. What is the extent of these brainwashing experiments? How did the CIA become involved in such far-reaching and disturbing research? When I stand on the mountain and I say, do it, it gets done. If it don't get done, then I'll move on it. Hansen transformed into exactly what the CIA had been trying to create. It's a, a big culture of uh, mind control, too. MK Ultra mind control rules in Hollywood. If, if you don't know, Google that and look into it.
In the 1950s and 60s, the CIA conducted a sinister secret program to master the science of mind control. Progress reports. A report of a woman who had electrodes implanted in the brain and was then given LSD and other drugs. She became agitated, cried, lapsed into a trance-like state. so many instances of this very odd placement of a butterfly that one has to question exactly what meaning they are trying to convey. A very common explanation. Just as the monarch butterfly goes to metamorphosis, handlers of these celebrities are using mind control techniques to morph the minds of their subjects. Has the Central Intelligence Agency gone in its attempt to understand and create new mind control technology? Insight into the CIA's gruesome and disturbing mind control experiments. Conducted as part of Project MK Ultra, using implants and electrical stimulation of the brain. Mind control techniques using drugs were also used. The drugs were administered forcefully and without consent from the subject. The CIA also sought out hypnotic speaking techniques to control large audiences. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! First off, thank you so very much for joining us. We truly and deeply appreciate your continued support and love shown to us here at Badlands Media. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video and help get this show on the Rumble leaderboard. Another way you can support Badlands for free? Become a Badlander. How do you do that? Head on over to badlandsmedia.tv, click connect from the top menu, and then click be a Badlander. 
Once you're registered, you can download clips from your favorite Badlands shows to share on your social media accounts. You can also print out flyers and stickers that you can hand out at an event and more. Let's keep growing our community because we are the news now and we take that very seriously. Thank you again from Badlands for your support and your love. It is appreciated more than you know.